Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, it's Casey here. And in this episode, I want to just dive a little bit deeper in kind of what you do after the initial marketing strategy is identified for a client. And even after you have built out or, you know, led the building out of, of successful campaigns, like how do you focus the marketing department to, to grow the business? And this is that interesting intersection where marketing and product intersect. You know, marketing intersects with two major departments. They intersect with product and they intersect with sales. If marketing and sales don't have a good communication loop, like if there's a, a sales floor, a sales force that's working in, in making outbound calls or on the receiving end of calls and are selling people, if you have that in a business and marketing isn't working with them closely, then you don't really know if marketing is influencing sales, right? You have to have that. But on the other side of the aisle is product. And marketing has this advantage of knowing kind of precisely what the consumer wants. So what I'm going to be sharing here today is something that's like not a 101 thing. If you're just getting into the role of the CMO, this is something to keep in mind for the future. Maybe this is something that's kind of a stop doing or not doing. I'm going to tell you to do something, but you kind of have to earn your way to have the opportunity to do this with your clients. And what I mean by that is how deep you go with customers. So the first thing that you do as the CMO is you devise a way to capture more customers. Right? It's like kind of your first job. I mean, maybe if you're working with a client, you have to figure out some branding stuff first or, you know, you got to work with the tech team a little bit or the MarTech in order to kind of connect some dots that don't exist right now in order to have a more efficient customer journey or maybe even to establish an initial customer journey. OK, after all of that's done and now you have a, a system or a funnel or, a, you know, a, a customer journey that regularly converts people that don't know about you, to someone who knows about you and wants to work with you, wants to have your product, all the way to someone who's you know hired your company, bought your product or service or whatever. So you have to have that. Once that's established, I wanna answer the question, then what? Then what? What do you do once you have a solid stream of new customers coming in? Well, you can't rest on your laurels. You can't say, hey, I did it, everybody. We did it. We did the thing. You have to innovate because the lack of innovation is the death of the company. If you're not innovating, you're not growing, which means you're stagnating, which means you're dying. You always have to grow. I love this term you know, that I got from Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. He says, always make your future bigger than your past. It doesn't matter right? That you have a, a winning um, strategy to attract and convert and serve customers if everyone else in the niche is catching up to you, right? You're losing that foothold. You're losing that first mover advantage. You're losing that stronghold that you have because you're the best in the business. Someone else might come and they might try to take that from you. So you have to innovate. You have to keep moving. You have to keep fighting, keep pressing. Your team is always kind of fighting against this notion that someone else is coming in and they're going to take your market share. The moment you relax is the moment someone else comes in. Now that can sound like high you know, like high intensity can sound like tense, maybe feel a little anxious hearing that idea. Um, and that's okay because it's real, right? Like we're kind of in, in a race right now. We've never seen such exponential growth ever. I mean, with what's coming online with AI and machine learning and, you know, all the robots and what they're doing, you know, other companies are going to be able to overtake your market share rather quickly 
Well, certainly in less time it took you than it took you to, to build it initially, right? Especially if you're the leader in the industry and you kind of invented the industry. If you kind of did the Harmon Brothers style, educate and build a whole industry like they did for so many different products. If you don't know Harmon Brothers, uh, maybe know it from um, Squatty Potty, right? Or Poopery or, or some of these other products that they've taken to the market into a market that hadn't really existed before. And they've kind of created that market. If you're working with a company that's done something like that, you know, you you can be the first, but at some point you're going to kind of lose that foothold as being novel because someone else is going to come in and they're going to be faster and better. They might not be first, but they might be faster and better. So you have to innovate. So this conversation that I want to have with you is how do you innovate? How do you stay on the cutting edge? And I think that this is the guiding principle. The deeper you're in, the more the customer matters. On the front end, it's just churn and burn. You can have a churn and burn relationship, right? You can just bring customers in. You can sell them the thing, the widget, the whatever, the service. You can service them. Make sure that they have a great experience, right? You shouldn't like sell or service them in a poor way. But then what, right? Like if you're just kind of trying to grow the business as quickly as possible, you're just trying to get as many sales and any front end sales. Every business wants an increase in customers, they, they also want an increase in lifetime value of the customer, but like the growth of the customer base is de facto the single most important thing for so many businesses. They want a bigger pool of customers. So once you get there and you get that stronghold and, and you have an acquisition system that brings in new customers regularly and you've solved the glaring problem, like, you know, there's a wound gushing out of their leg and you've patched it, right? Then what? Like, then what do you do for this customer? You got to move. And I think this is the guiding principle. You got to move into the like the more human element of what the customer wants. You have to really start to understand them, understand their psyche, understand what motivates them. This is where true innovation can happen. A friend of mine is an agency owner, and um, he had this really great advice for me. He said, just be radically curious on any sales call that you have and just try to poke and figure out where people have problems. They might not be problems that you can solve, but they're problems that exist. And it's important just to have that level of curiosity. So that's what I want you to, to adopt is a level of curiosity with your clients and with their customers and really aim to understand not why they just bought the product or service, right? Because like you should already know that. But then what other problems do they have? What else exists in the market? Can you then influence product like the product team to create something that satisfies that need? If you can identify the needs that your customers have, here's the win that you have. You've got a base of customers. You have all their contact information. They know, like, and trust you, right? They've done business with you. They appreciate you. They like your customer service. And the cost for you then to sell them an additional product or service is fleetingly low. There's really no acquisition cost. So putting together a couple emails, doing a campaign and sending it out, you might find that you're able to make some sales relatively quickly. And that's really interesting. And I think, again, this guiding principle is once you're deeper in, the more the customer matters. The customer matters more because you're deeper in with them. You've already solved this big problem. They like you. They kind of welcome you into their life. I worked with a guy years ago, back when I was at an agency, and he had um, kitchen cabinets. And he did an incredible job. He had ready-to-assemble kitchen cabinets, was the leader uh, in, in the market. These were flat-packed, kind of like Ikea, uh, certainly before Ikea was like so hot. And if you wanted these ready-to-assemble cabinets, you would go on the website, you'd kind of pick and choose, and they would flat pack and ship them out to you. And, you know, 
there were some issues with it, like it's kind of expensive to ship it and all that kind of stuff. But there were a lot of people that wanted it. They didn't want to go to Home Depot and pick the same cabinets everyone else had in their neighborhood. So we did a couple fun things, right, to like increase the, the conversion rate of those customers. One thing we did was we gave them doors for free. So if you are interested in a cabinet, let's say you're interested in the, in the cherry wood cabinet, um, just fill out a form and put in a $100 deposit. We'll mail you the door to one of the cabinets. You'll get to hold it, feel it, see how high quality it is. And if you like it, keep it, and then we'll just send you all the rest of the cabinets that match it. Or send it back or order a couple of them and kind of see what works for you inside your home. This was very, very novel at the time. And this is about 10 years ago. So we, we created a really great funnel to bring customers in. The CEO also was able to get on TV shows. He was able to get on HGTV. He was on a lot of different episodes. He would sponsor them regularly, effectively giving away his cabinets. But what he would get and you know, he would get paid back kind of quote unquote with the, um, the PR. So he'd be able to mail his whole list and say, look at us. We were just on this HGTV show. You know, we feel so good that we're able to donate this to this family in need. It kind of serves everybody. It was really wonderful. So just if you consider the acquisition process that we had identified for this business was clear, straightforward, and, and, and really effective. We were able to consistently bring in customers at a known um, cost per acquisition. Here's the problem. What do you do once your kitchen is full of beautiful cabinets that you love? Do you like next year get a whole new set of kitchen cabinets? No. Do you like tell your friends to get kitchen cabinets because they got such a great deal and you're like, nah. I mean, maybe, but like how many, you know, how much referability is there for kitchen cabinets? Maybe go over to contractors, which we did. And we said, hey, contractors, like, let's work together. We're going to give you a great deal on these. You're going to be able to roll them out for all the homes in the community that you're building. Okay, that's cool. That's like a one to many. And like the contractor has some referability because they can continue to build out more subdivisions and, and build out more homes and you know use the cabinets. But for the end user, which was a majority of the sales, how do you leverage that relationship? Again, they loved this cabinet company. They loved their cabinets. We would get these incredible, incredible testimonials. People were so thrilled. They were so thrilled because the high quality fronts and then the, the fiberboard or whatever it was, the sides and backs, the stuff that you don't see. It didn't matter if that was not the top quality. All they wanted was top quality on the front and then they paid a dramatically lower fee for those cabinets because they were ready to assemble with a beautiful front and kind of like run of the mill sides and backs that you would never see. So they loved it. This is where, you know, we were kind of in bed with the customer. The customer loved us. They wanted, they wanted, they, if we said buy something, they would say probably. And the question is, what do you then sell them? So the company was influenced by the marketing department to go look for ways to increase the customer lifetime value. And the way to do that is say, okay, we've got cabinets. Where else can you put cabinets? Maybe in the garage. So we came out with a line of garage cabinets. I did okay. And then it was under the counter. Lights. That's cool, right? Like some additional things. But the cabinet business is a tough one. To really solve that problem, you got to realize that these people are homeowners. As homeowners, they probably have a mortgage. So is there a mortgage company that you could work with? You know, we didn't have to create a mortgage company. We just had to provide a, a mortgage company solution. So the opportunity here is that I want you to consider is once you're deep in with a customer, how do you extend the lifetime value? And if you can figure that out, you can build a business that isn't just a one hit widget wonder where you're not just selling one widget, where your market is slowly collapsing because competitors are coming in at a higher velocity than ever before, you know, with a, with a direct focus. Something that took you a year worth of trial and error, they just bought your product, knocked it off, and then started selling it. 
right? So their, their speed to sale is a lot faster than yours. It took you 12 months to get in there. It took them two. That's only going to accelerate moving forward. So as the CMO, you have to be in the position of considering how to increase the lifetime value of the customer. And you do that by getting deeper in and understanding the customer more than ever before. And you're, you've got to be willing to take a sense of like ownership for their pains and then solve them in a way that actually solves them. You don't necessarily have to build the product yourself. The product team might not have to do that. If you have a company and the requirement to work with you is that someone is, um, making a hundred thousand dollars a year and you drive a bunch of leads in what happens to the people that make less than a hundred thousand dollars a year? Typically businesses throw those leads away. Is there a relationship that you can establish where you take those hundred, those uh, sub hundred K uh, folks and you pass them off to another company? Can you make back your money that way? That's the role of the CMO. How do you think through solving the problem so that your business grows maybe by taking, you know, this notion of like someone's trash is someone else's treasure. Like what are you throwing away that someone else would value? And on the other side, how do you get deeper with the customer to find additional product or services to extend the customer lifetime value? This is a critical question to ask yourself, and I'd love to coach you through it. I do that with other CMOs and marketing agency owners and uh, marketing consultants inside of our CMOX Accelerator. If you're interested in becoming an in-demand fractional chief marketing officer, I'd love to help. Just head over to cmox.co forward slash invite cmox.co forward slash invite, and you'll be able to see if you have what it takes to be a fractional CMO. I've got a short video. You can watch that. And then if things look good and you want to chat, you can just book a call with my team and uh, ask any questions that you want. And we'll see if we can help you become an in-demand CMO and add 10, 15, 20, 30, $40,000 a month in recurring business to your books as a fractional CMO. All right. Maybe I'll hear from you soon. Take care. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom.